Welcome to the Sons of Swoop podcast, episode number three. We got a great podcast coming out for you guys. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Jeff. And what a game. We got a lot to talk about. But before we get started, I want to say thanks to everybody that's listened to us so far. We've been really ecstatic about all the listeners that we've had so far. I want you guys to know, number one, We just got started, so improvements are coming. We're going to invest in some equipment. Uh, We got some new segments coming out. We're really building up. Some music, intro music coming up. Our friend Red is going to cook something up for us real nice. Yes, we're going to get some good intro music. And uh, so some improvements are coming. Please, you know, we want to be interactive with fans. That's why we started this. So feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs are open. You can tweet at us. We're very active during game day especially. We are very active. So... Feel free to uh, tweet at us, respond to us, whatever you guys want to do, or email us at sonsofswoop at gmail.com. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to start off talking about Eagles-Vikings, game number two, and I'm going to throw it to Jeff. Jeff, what are your overall thoughts, not specifics, but how are you feeling about the team after a huge win week two? Monday night football, at home, in front of a crazy crowd. What do you think? The link was electric. I mean, you could barely hear the announcers last night. They were just losing their minds. And what a huge win. Primetime football, putting the NFL on notice that the Eagles are here. We are by far, I'm going to say it's week two, we're by far the best team in the NFC East. Now, in terms of the NFC, I think we just, I think we're at the very top of that too. I mean, that was just a statement win. I mean, both of us. We kind of thought, you know, this is going to be a really tough game. Minnesota looked great last week. Um, They have a ton of weapons, especially, you know, the Lions put up a ton of points against our defense. We thought we'd kind of struggle, but no. The defense came out there, and they shut Minnesota down, and Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Yeah, so we'll get into the specifics. I've never been more happy to be wrong. And that's something, again, with our podcast, you won't get, like, on the radio with these radio personalities. We're happy to admit when we are wrong. Uh, and never been happier. Never been ha- Now, to be honest, if you go back and you listen to what we said last week, we're actually pretty spot on with what happened in our analysis. And we said it was like, okay, it could go either way. I just was surprised with how well the defense played. And then, you know, we'll get into the specifics about the offense. I knew they were going to play well, but oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, this was number one. That term statement game. We just said we are the team to beat, not just in the NFC East, my friend, but in the NFC. Going for it. In a weak NFC, we said we might be the best team. I mean, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, I mean, the Eagles just absolutely skyrocketed. Uh, And so did Jalen Hurts' MVP odds. Well, this was Jalen Hurts' coming out party on Monday Night Football, going up against Kirk Cousins. I mean, all I heard all week. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Hurts. I mean, Hurts is okay. Uh, When the spotlight was on, Jalen Hurts um, had his best performance, maybe ever. It was. I think it was his best performance. And we'll we'll break it down. But um, so we're feeling great about the Eagles. Uh, This was a huge, huge win, and I don't even think the score was really indicative of we kicked their butts. It was never competitive. From the opening drive, see, this is a game I think we both agree here that it was awesome to come out and get the ball first. Really make this yes. really make a yep. statement. 
Um, and so we come down and everyone's getting involved. First, we got that pass to Devontae Smith after uh, he didn't get a catch last week and everyone was so upset. I don't think Devontae Smith had to come out and play great tonight. But he did. He did. He did. He definitely Every, responded. Everybody. Now, okay, let's go. We'll start off with the defense because that's what we started off last week. So I want to say this. We were both, me especially, very critical of Jonathan Gannon and the defense, and rightfully so. You know, I'm not apologizing for what we said about week one. That was not good. Um, He came out, and I liked how he handled the whole week. In fact, the whole team and coaching staff, they were very humble. They said, yeah, we won, but we weren't good enough. And, you know, you think back to guys like Chip Kelly, who nothing was his fault. No responsibility. Even Carson Wentz, nothing was his fault. You got a formulaic answer. You could tell Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni they wanted to fix this. And, boy, against what really could be, by the end of the year, one of the best offenses in the NFC with Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, a young play caller in O'Connell. Shut them down. I mean, schooled them. Schooled them. Yeah, they looked like a— a Division II college team out there. I mean, we want to talk about career games. That was Jonathan's Gannon's best game of his career. The way he called By that fall. game. I mean, against Detroit, when we had that lead, he kind of, he just played that prevent-style defense and let the lines come back. But we had the lead at halftime, and Jonathan Gannon didn't let his foot off the gas pedal. He kept sending pressure. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked absolutely lost, by, lost out there. And I think by the third quarter, that Vikings team quit. I mean, yeah. that, that was just an absolute statement by the defense all around. We had the pass rush. The secondary was really the big story of yeah. the defense. And I mean, Darius yeah. Slay had probably one of the best games a corner has ever had with two interceptions. We, with every, the Eagles, yeah. With, everyone's hearing uh, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And, you know, that might be true. He's, he's probably at least top three. Um, but he just made him look like just like a little little boy out there. So, I mean. so again, when we go back to what we said last week, we said, okay, they got to be better at tackling. We said the soft zone's got to go away. I mean, everybody plays zone, but the cover two shell where you're giving 10, 15 yards of cushion, can't do that. You got to blitz a little bit more. You got to have the five-man rush a little bit more. And we didn't think it was going to happen. And we certainly didn't think we were going to shut down pro bowlers, superstars, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson, but Gannon must listen to our podcast because <laughs> he kind of flipped the script. He did a little bit of soft zone in at the end, but Darius Slay, what he couldn't do in week one, he came up with a big interception week two to put it away. He came up with two. But um, so I think two probably could have had four or five. <laughs> yeah, so they and again shut down Dalvin Cook. That is almost more surprising after how horrendous they were week one against the run. Uh, at least Slay, you know he's a great player and ha- would have a good chance against Jefferson. My gosh. I mean, they Dalvin Cook was a complete non I, I think he had 17 yards. Yeah. Non-factor in the game. So let's, um, let's break it down by position group. That's what I like to do. So what were your thoughts? Uh, why don't we start with the secondary? We'll go, we usually start defensive line and work, work our way up. But let's start with the secondary because they were the stars. The stars of the game. What did you think of the the secondary? I mean, they were defensive ele- backs. They were electric. I mean, we just mentioned Slay, and he had the two picks. Not only that, he was just a lockdown corner all night. I think Justin he was on Jeff- Justin Jefferson for the majority of the game, and I think he finished with under fifty yards. And I think the majority of them came in garbo time. Um, and yeah. then Bradbury. I mean, you didn't really hear from him much. But that's because he was locking down Thielen all night. He had a couple big plays, he but had, yeah, yeah. He uh, I don't think Thielen had a target at all in the first half. So. Uh, the secondary all around was just absolutely magnificent. Maddox had an interception. I mean, great, great. 
great interception. Was, that was a great interception. Yeah, he jumped up for that one. The team was just flying around, and it looks like for the first time, I mean, in our lifetimes, we have a great secondary. Like, we are not used to this. This is something new for us. It's, it's, it's exciting. So if you follow our Twitter account, one of our most popular tweets was, this might be the most talented slash just best cornerback group in the last 15 years, which is a long time. I mean, we've been teased, um, and, you know, in the offseason, signing some big names like Namdi and that DRC squad. Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell and... Um, Nolan Carroll, Carrie Williams, Bradley Fletcher, your boy Bradley Fletcher. Best cornerback in Eagles history. That piece of toast. Yeah, and they just have never worked out. But this group, this is the real deal. So let me let me break it down for you. I think Jonathan Gannon realized after, you know, obviously Slay was good last year, but we have good cornerbacks. We don't need to play a soft zone the whole game. Let them play. And he let them play. Uh, and you saw Slay, we don't even have to talk about him too much. Two interceptions. Uh, if you saw in the second interceptions, se- second interception, he waved off Zach McPherson, who was coming in for him because Slay got a little banged up. He said, nope. Go back to the sideline. I'm I'm going for another interception. Locked down Jefferson. I thought Bradbury played great. Um, but Maddox, I want to point out Maddox. He was on um, Justin Jefferson a lot. Locked That interception was great. It was a leaping interception. Avante Maddox is one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. Sure, very underrated. And as far as the safeties go, I mean, again, on first watch, nothing spectacular, but no, no big mistakes. Uh, the only mistake was... In the second half, that Kirk Cousins threw a bomb and the guy dropped it, and it would have been a touchdown. Sure. Uh, that was a mistake by Gardner Johnson. Yeah. He, he he messed up there. So we, we, we got we a got little lucky. There. Yeah. But other than that, the secondary was electric. But again, it goes back to Gannon. The defensive players take on the personality of the coordinator. If he wants to play soft, they're going to play soft. If he says, okay, they're talented enough where, okay, you go for it, but to shut down Justin Jefferson and this make Kirk Cousins really look like a fool. I mean, he looked like a joke mm-hmm. in national uh, in the national spotlight. Yet again. Yet again. <laughs> yet again. And we have some Twitter followers. You know, Johnny Mo Money. Oh man, he called it. Kirk Cousins looked like a fool. Yeah, I mean, people. So I shout mean, out to Johnny Mo Money. <laughs> Johnny Mo Money, my man. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I think Kirk Cousins is a. Actually, a pretty good, competent quarterback for the most part, but he just not he, when the brights are light, he, though. Yeah, the lights are bright. The lights are bright. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was abysmal last night. So now let's talk about the pass rush, and let's talk about the the run stopping defense last night. I mean, I think going into the season, most people thought you know we struggled against the run last year, but we had significant improvements um, on that D line. You know, Jordan Davis uh, taking up a lot of space. That not and too many teams were going to do. And linebacker. Yeah, and linebacker. Um, We'll, we'll get into T.J. Edwards because I thought he oh, okay. I thought he played great last night. But okay. uh, yeah, we after week one where um, DeAndre Swift ran all over us, um, we completely shut down the run, and that was that was a really encouraging thing to see. And I think in terms of the pass rush, I mean, I've seen some people say like the pass rush was not really existent last night, but I actually disagree. I thought it was I thought it was there. I thought Cousins had pressure in his face for the, for the most part, even if. It didn't always lead to sacks. Uh, I think Gannon did a great job, you know, calling different style blitzes. Blitzes, yeah, he, and he, it worked he every time. Six man blitz, he had all out yeah. blitzes, and it just threw Cousins completely off his game. He just started throwing the ball in the middle of nowhere, or to Darius Slay. He he looked lost. Yeah. So uh, as far as the defensive line goes, I thought Fletcher Cox, who I kind of called out last week, had a really good game. 
Uh, Javon Hargrave is a little better. Josh Sweat, unfortunately, he had the one sack that got called back because his pinky got stuck on uh, Kirk Cousins' face mask, yeah. which, you know, it was, it was a penalty, but kind of seemed unlucky. kind of seemed like it got stuck there. Uh, I thought he had a good game. I, I'm going to disagree with you a bit. I didn't think they were great. They were better. No, I don't think they were great. I thought they were. I thought they were very good. Though. And I don't think we have. And we don't have a Boza, a Miles Garrett, a Watt. We don't have that guy. So Gann's gonna have to. We have a lot of good players. So Gann's gonna have to blitz, blitz um, a little bit more. I, I mean, I like what he did last night. I thought it was perfect. Um, my one problem, though, and hopefully improves. Hassan Reddick's been a huge disappointment. First, I don't know what you think. I, mean, I love Temple Legend, but um, he missed a big tackle. Uh, he didn't really get too much pressure. He's not looking that great to me. I don't know what you saw with Hassan Reddick. No, he he has been quiet in these first two weeks, and I think a lot of people thought he was going to come out here and make a uh, make a big splash on this team. But I, I'm not too concerned. Um, you know, it's only two weeks. It's only two weeks. I think Gannon called a great game last night, but some of the ways he's using Reddick is still kind of questionable. I know on the one and only touchdown Minnesota scored, he had Hassan Reddick in coverage. In coverage which, he had co- him in coverage a couple of times, but... I mean, that's not really what Hassan Reddick does. No, and we, we talk... Mean, yeah. What are we going to have next? Slay uh, block for the quarterback? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's no, not what he does. And we talked about that last week, and I agree with you completely. In fact, I don't think he should really ever be in coverage. However... When he was in coverage, he was getting kind of run over. Uh, he didn't make tackles, and I just thought he was a little bit of a disappointment. But, again, it's only two weeks. No, but all, overall, the defense. I mean, A+. plus. Well, well we're mean, not done. We, what about the linebackers? Oh, so, linebackers. Well, let me, you brought him up, but and we didn't talk before this, because this was the guy I wanted to shout out, who doesn't always get the love that he deserves. Uh, undrafted, former undrafted free agent TJ Edwards, not only making great tackles, great, great tackles. tackles, he has great coverage. He was flying around. I thought TJ Edwards, outside of Slay, was probably the best player on defense. I mean, a lot of good play from the defensive that. line, but yeah. TJ Edwards was flying around out there. You're totally right. Um, and he was controlled. He, he made tackles. He, no one was, I mean, after such a poor tackling performance week one, everyone really stepped up in that department. Yeah, and I, I think Kaiser White's been really good too. He's been great in coverage. So overall defense, uh, a great performance. Again, Gannon went to the soft zone a couple of times. I didn't, The one touchdown he gave up I thought was the softest uh, defense he called. And there was a couple of times on third down where he, in the second half, where he went into the soft zone and he gave it to him. But again, the difference was in the red zone. Slay came up with interceptions. Now, I also want to say this before we move on to the offense. The defense came up big a couple of times uh, on the interception, and we'll get to the interception that hurts throw, and the block kick. I mean, they came up huge there in what really, I mean, we saw what happened in the NFL this week. We could have lost the game if if the defense doesn't step up there. So I've got to give the defense credit Um, going forward. I don't want to see them revert back to what they've done, what they did last season, and what they did in Game One. I think they found the right formula. They're not always going to hold them to seven points, and I'm okay with that. But I'm not okay with just giving up points in a, in what the Vikings did 
Mm-hmm. They just didn't play defense, the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, play, uh, play your normal defense. Uh, football's a long game. It's not 30 minutes. It's 60. So yeah. uh, a lot can happen in yeah. the second half. So go out there and play your normal defense. I mean, we saw around the league this, this week. Uh, these guys are capable of coming back. These teams are capable of it. All right. So, let, so on the offensive side, I do want to point out, on our last pod, we kind of got it down perfectly on what this Vikings defense would do. I mean, it was oh. almost it was almost amazing how spot on we are. We said no blitzes, we said soft zone, and we said we're going to have to spread the ball around. I'm pretty sure I said in the pod, if not I said it on Twitter, uh, line up Quez Watkins across from Patrick Peterson and go deep. Because pa- Patty Pete is washed. He's washed, and what did they do? Quez Watkins with the big touchdown. So almost everything we said, the only thing that we're surprised by, I think, you know, again, we haven't really talked about it, but how well they executed it. But I'm not surprised that they, they played well. Um, and there, I do have one negative about the offense, but let's, let's talk about... Do you want to talk about the negatives first? No, while no, we're on no. It? Let's talk okay. about the positives. There was, there was mostly positive. So let me, let me... We'll start with Hurts, and I'll, let me give me my, my spiel. I'll give my spiel, and then you can go. This was Jalen Hurts' coming out party. This was his game where he finally silenced the doubters. I thought he had a really great game week one that was underrated because he had to use his legs, and for some reason, his critics don't like that. I thought he actually threw the ball pretty well against an incredibly aggressive Lions defense and beat them against the Blitz with A.J. Brown. I didn't think there was too much to complain about in week one, but week two, he picked apart this Vikings defense that has talent. He was accurate. He was on time. He spread the ball around to, I believe, eight different players. He even, uh, I thought the Vikings actually played pretty well against the run, and he had maybe the best quarterback touchdown run I've ever seen. Um, Every decision he made I thought was the right one. In fact, two of his, he completed like 80% of his passes. Two of his incompletions were completely not his fault. They were actually really good passes. And the interception, I'll just bring it up now, Kenny Gamewell, the ball's in your hands. Uh, yeah, that, that's not You popped it up. I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Kenny Gamewell this week in practice, I'm doing whatever Jalen Hurts says because <laughs> he ruined a perfect stat line for him. And uh, I feel bad for Hurts because it was like an MVP-type game. This well, is, I don't think I'm the interception detracted. I mean, no, I don't think it did. I, but, you know, we live in a fantasy football world. People that didn't watch the game are going to say, oh, he had one touchdown and one interception. That's not that great. You know, that, that didn't watch the game. What does you Bill know Belichick how say? So Bill Belichick, my favorite quote, and I hate Bill Belichick, but my favorite quote is, stats are for losers, the final score is for winners, and Jalen Hurts is a winner. I think uh, in his last, what, uh, 10 games, he's like 7-3? and three? Uh, Or in his last whatever games, he's got like, he's 8-3? and three? He's on fire right now, Jalen Hurts, and his haters, um, we're not saying he's perfect, we're not saying he's going to be MVP this year, although his odds are up, Uh, but he's a guy you can win with, especially because he's on that rookie contract. All right, I've talked enough. Jeff, what do you think? Your thoughts on Hurts? I think Hurts is our quarterback. He's our quarterback. I mean, we've been on Hurts for a while when Wentz was playing so, so poorly, 
and they threw Hertz in there, and there was like a real spark there. You could see that he has potential. And after a few years, now he's uh, 24 years old, and he's starting to really put it together. He's I mean, 24. He, he's only 24, and he just had the best game of his career last night. I think it's only up from here. I mean, he did everything right. He he threw the ball so well. He had that bomb to Quez Watkins, an absolute dime. Um, he was getting everyone in the offense involved. By and the way, his his arm looked fine on that pass to me. That was a 50-yard yeah, pass. We keep hearing, right in stride, too. We keep hearing Hurst doesn't have the arm strength. He, he can't he can't just, you know, zip it in there. But I, I don't know. I mean, what I saw last night, he looked like he has all the tools. Yeah. Um, he's Even on his incomplete passes, he, I think the best pass he actually threw last night was to Dallas yep, Goddard. Yep. He just, that ball just floated up. Absolutely Perfect perfectly pass. into Goddard's hands, and the defensive player just made a great play. Um, so, and then yeah. there was a pass where Hertz was rolling left, and he threw across his body, and yeah. absolutely dime on the sidelines, and that got called back because of a penalty. So, like, you know, stats don't... Well, look, pe- just well look the way we'll bring played. up penalties in a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about penalties, but um, Hertz, what, what I really think is his, um, his most valuable asset is the way he just senses the pressure. Yep. He has awareness. Um, sure, he doesn't have the arm Josh Allen does, but that's okay. That's though. okay. You can absolutely with this Brady, many weapons. Tom Brady doesn't have the strongest no. arm. He gets it done because you know he's he senses the pressure. He's able to move up in the yeah. in the pocket. He makes that you know little that small little angle with his shoulder and, to and completely avoid yeah. the rush. We're and, not comparing Hurts to Brady, but the point we're making because again we're not not hot take people, but the point that Jeff's making that I agree on. The basic point is you don't need to have a rocket arm. To be a great quarterback. In fact, we know how many quarterbacks have great arms, but they don't sense the pressure. They get sacked. They throw interceptions. And he's got a fine arm, Hurts. He does. I think it's overrated. I think a lot of it in the, his first two years was his timing wasn't down. And, you know, we didn't have A.J. Brown. We didn't have Devontae Smith his first yeah, he year has here. all the weapons. Quez Watkins didn't arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just coming from Carson yeah. Wentz, who I think is the most reckless quarterback in the NFL, I think he stinks. Um, and to have Jalen Hurts, who's just so smart with the football, doesn't make any bad plays, doesn't take stupid, dumb sacks, gets rid of the ball when he has to, and runs when he has to. And I don't know why people are complaining about his running, because it is such they an can, asset. They complain about and by another two, and, two rushing touchdowns. But we, we also said it last week. Oh, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. Jalen Hurts is maybe the smartest running quarterback I've ever seen. He rarely takes a big hit. I mean, look at pocket quarterbacks like Joe Burrow. Who doesn't run? Who gets pummeled? Uh, it, it. I don't. He's smart. He's a great. He's not Michael Vick, and I love Michael Vick. Again, I'll say this every time: Michael Vick's way faster and and maybe more electric of a runner than Jalen Hurts. But he was not a smart runner. He would get take huge hits. Hurts. Duh, I mean, it's football. You're gonna take hits. But imagine being a defensive coordinator. Not only do you have to now account for these quick passes. Uh, but his his legs and then the RPO. Are we going to hand it off? Is Hertz going to run? Is he going to throw? He's uh, making the right decisions with the RPOs for the most part. I think. I, yeah. I just think he's just such a smart player. Smart. Um, yeah. And you know, if with this talented roster, if you're not going to turn the ball over, good things are going to happen. And again, um, he keeps the ball safe. Yes. Again, the interception was not his fault at all. It was a fine pass. It hit Kenny Gamble right in both of his hands. To be our pass catching back, but you know he he. Game all played well. But, um, yeah, I think Hertz is our quarterback for the future, and um, I'm so excited to have him in Philly. Yeah, and I got another thing to say about Hertz. Uh, obviously, the touchdown run, his toughness, his awareness, really unbelievable. Uh, the, the way he spread the ball around. I'll say this. My first couple of years watching him, whenever he'd go back to pass, I'd get a little nervous every time. 
And watching the game last night, I just knew he was going to complete the pass every time. It just, he's, he's really taking the next step. But the last thing I'll say about him before we move on to the rest of the offense, people, again, kind of like his running ability. Oh, uh, his leadership. I'm done hearing about intangibles. Look at what Kirk Cousins did last night. You could tell they had an opportunity to win that game last night, the Vikings, with the, the block kick and, and the interception. Kirk Cousins, you could see he was frazzled. He, he, he could not win that game. And the rest of the team, they dropped passes at, when it was big. They had a big penalty, the Vikings. The team took on the, the personality of Kirk Cousins. This team is calm, cool, and collected because Jalen Hurts is calm, cool, and collected. I think leadership and intangibles for in the probably the most emotional sport, mm-hmm. football, when the pressure's on, Monday night football, this team, I knew they were going to win the whole time after the first half. Because of him, partially because of him. I mean, the rest of the players, too. Howie's done a great job of building a culture. Sirianni's done a great job of developing that culture. But kind of look back at that Super Bowl win we had. Nick Foles. I mean, he was... Calm, cool, and collected at all times. Even Eagles legend Joe Flacco, when he won his Super Bowls. He's not the best quarterback ever, but he's Joe Cool, man. He did it again this weekend with the, the Jets. Anyway, enough about Joe Flacco. Let's talk about some of these weapons. Okay, go for it. All right, yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about the receivers. I mean, everyone got Goddard had a great game. A.J. Brown, you know, he didn't have another 150-yard performance, but he caught every <clears throat> caught every ball that was thrown to him. Um, and just the way he – his yards after catch, unbelievable. This guy is electric every time. Oh, yeah. he gets the him and Goddard sense. yards after catch. But, yeah, both of them. And then, obviously, Devontae Smith, after not recording a catch in week one against the Lions, um, had a solid 80 yards and played – very, very well. So, um, Devante, and, he's just a really good receiver. He he's is. just a really good receiver. I mean, if he's your number two, that's but you that, have, that's that's great. Yeah, you have a lot of weapons if it's, he's your number two receiver. I thought Quez played great too. Quez played great. Quez with the he had a great catch negated by a penalty. He did. Yeah, great catch, great throw. By and um, we'll get the penalty. And you know who had a quiet game, but a very good game? Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, Pascal's good. He's Pascal's really good. Showing up. He's too. a great role player, which. We know from whether it's the 2008 Phillies or the 2017 Eagles, you need, need like role players. Like third and three, you know, who, who the guy that's like not expected to like just comes up big. He, and he's you know strong. He's, he's big and strong, and he catches the ball. Um, so I thought the only reason he's not getting used more is because we have so many weapons. No, we're deep at wide receiver. Not, and he's not a star, but not every guy can be a star. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think AJ Brown. Makes everybody else better, whether he's catching the ball or not. He had a quiet game. He had like, what did he have, like 70 yards? I mean, yeah, that's that's a uh, fine game for a receiver. I mean, yeah, that would be great. He just spread the ball around so much. I mean, keeping the Vikings on their toes but he all takes, night. But he takes the pressure off of everybody else. Oh, sure. Um, Devontae Smith's really good, re- just a really good receiver. The only thing I'll say about him, he is so light. It's funny to watch him get tackled because they, they just pick him right up. Not, But he's still a great receiver. Uh, Goddard. Again, with the yards after catch, him and Brown, they can break a big play anytime the ball is in their hands. Quez Watkins, I think, could be a real weapon. Again, another role player, but could be really good. And then Miles Sanders with a quiet 80-yard rushing game. Yeah, but he was big. He was big. He, he had no. He had some great runs. He was just overshadowed by you know uh, Jalen Hurts and some of these other guys. But Miles Sanders with another great game last. But night. that's the formula they got to follow. I thought the running game, the Vikings did a good job containing them in the first half for the most part. But you're not going to stop Miles Sanders with some fresh legs, and and the defense is going to be tired because of Hurts from the first half every time. I mean, he's just going to make them tired because they got to think. 
Sanders in the second half can put these games away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Boston's, Boston's got, got a, a big nice. run. Another role player. That's a really good role player. Um, Gamewell had a big pass that was negated by a penalty. Obviously, he had the interception that I'm annoyed about. You just hate to see an interception like that at the end of the game. Like, you know, it just annoys me. Um, and we'll talk quick. I want to talk offensive line and then the coaching. we got to talk about the coaching staff, uh, offensive coaching staff. Offensive line, uh, again, forget about the penalties for a second. Yeah, we're just talking about— Penalties aside, they were great. They were, they were great. My only concern, and not even a concern, just an observation— my lot has been the most iffy one on pass protection. He had a hold. Um, I'm not worried about him, though. They, they have two good pass rushers in Minnesota, so it was, it was bound to happen. Um, Lane Johnson, you can just set it and forget it with them. I, I don't even notice Lane Johnson, but in, a, in, the best, in the best way possible. Like You don't have to worry about it. Kelsey is the best center in the league. Landon Dickerson, I thought, maybe had his best game. Um Although he had a penalty, too. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm just talking about in pass protection. Pro Football Focus, I think, said he didn't let up one single hurry pressure. And I think he was the best in the league at guarded pass protection. We know they're great. All of them are great run uh, run blockers. Let's – coaching staff, and then we'll, we'll get – do you want to do negatives first? No, or, let's finish it up with the coaching staff. Uh, more Sirianni slash Steichen, what do you yeah, think? Uh, the play calling was phenomenal. Um, after, you know... They listened to our pot, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, after, you know, the Lions game where, you know, sure we put up 31 points on offense, but, um, and the running game was great, the passing game was kind of vanilla. Um, they really opened up the field a little bit more, getting more people involved, um, last night, and I thought they, they both did a great job. They, you know, we put up 24 points in the first half and didn't score in the second half, but you just really just well, had to watch yeah. the game. I mean, it was a little I, fluky. We, I mean, you had the blocked field goal and then the Hurts interception, and we were trying to control yeah, the, the clock. Was still moving the ball, and they looked good. Um, so I thought I thought they coached a great game last night. I thought that you know we talked about Gannon having his best game. I, I you know Shane Steichen took over probably halfway through last year. That was his best game. I mean, we said it last week. They they looked okay, but it was very vanilla. This week you had motion. You had Hurts under center a couple of times. You still had the RPO. You're throwing deep this time. You're throwing deep, spreading the ball around. And you had a couple of times Zach Pascal in as a fullback, which I thought was interesting. Like just some little things to make the defense think. I thought, and I thought every play call was, they they were balanced. I thought they were more balanced in the first half than last week. Unbelievable play calling. Great coaching from Steichen and Sirianni. We know they do it together. Um, so overall, from the actual play on the field, really, really great. Um, let's get to the negatives, man. I guess we have to talk. There's all. It's just not a perfect game. No, no, de- there's always definitely not always a perfect. Be better. Um, let's talk about penalties. Um, week two, still early. It's going to happen. Team's not fully gelled together yet. Um, I think that was the most illegal man downfield I've ever seen in my entire life. I think we had like four. I don't know. Last year we had quite a bit. Yeah, we did a lot last year too. I just don't know if it's, you know, the Sirianni's offense or what, but... um, It's the RPO because they don't... The the offensive linemen don't know if they're run blocking or pass blocking. Um, So when Hurst goes, when he passes, which he... Really, they either... They run a lot. The offensive linemen are are run blocking, which causes the flag. But, um, yeah, I think there was four of those, which were killed. And, you know, the weird thing, sometimes penalties will happen. The play, you know, the play wasn't great anyway. Mm-hmm. Every time we got a penalty, it was like a 
Great play by Hertz. Great throws. Like, I know one was A.J. Brown, one was Quez Watkins, one was Kenny Gamewell. They're all, like, Hertz, when you look at his performance, and a legal man down the field doesn't impact Hertz like a holding does. Like, my lot on the one holding, yeah, if he's not holding, Hertz probably can't make that throw. But most of the penalties, it's like, wow, Hertz still look great on those. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the, uh, just real quick, the penalty that wasn't a penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pass interference on Devontae on Smith. Smith where, yeah, that was a joke. I mean, that, that is egregious. I mean, the ref is standing right there. There was absolutely no contact at all. Well, Devontae Smith actually went out of his way to avoid any type of contact whatsoever. And they didn't call anything on the Vikings, really. No, and, you know, that flag, you know, Past Eagles teams, that could have been like a game changer. Because yeah. we were moving the yeah. ball, and that, that completely destroyed that drive. But but um, it hurts. It, he's not phased by it, man. No. And the rest of them take it on. That was a huge first. I will say this. The refs were flag happy yesterday. No. Now, I want to ask you, because I'll be I, you know, I'm not a, a football player. The illegal man down the field, I don't understand why, why is it a penalty? Like what? What? I don't understand the rule. You just, you just can't do it. You just, you just can't. Yeah, but they're like, why? I... It's a <laughs> stupid penalty. Because yeah. if you watch the one where that Samalu got called on, and it was, because the rule is, if you're, you know, you can't go across as a lineman, you can't go across the line of scrimmage unblocked before the ball is out of the the quarterback's hands. But I mean, yeah, what advantage is that? Yeah, I know they're all they're ineligible receivers anyway. So the fact that they're like yeah, ten well, yards down, like who? I don't. Like I could see if he was maybe blocking a linebacker down the field, but the penalties if he's not blocking anybody. I I don't understand the rule. We'll have to get clarification on that because it's maddening <laughs> when it happens because it's not like a like again holding is a clear benefit to the to the offense. I don't understand what the advantage is to a legal man down the field when they're just over the line of scrimmage, not blocking anybody. I don't know, but whatever. That's a that's a conversation for another day. I never understood the rule. If our, any of our listeners know, please tweet at us. I, I think it's a stupid rule, and there's been much more of an emphasis on it the last couple of years than I don't remember it ever happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't so I think this might be more of an NFL like just throwing flags kind of thing. Um, but the holdings can happen. Mylotta had a hold. He he held. Um, Johnson and Mylotta have false starts. But if history repeats itself, things will get corrected as the year goes on. Last year, we started off terrible with penalties. Maybe it's from a you know lighter off season, but it's got to get better because they could kill it. They, they they could kill a game. I mean, sure. we lost third downs because of it yeah. or first downs. But you know, them. it is week two, and yeah. you just got to think that they'll be uh, more crisp lot. as uh, it was a lot. The weeks go on. So I got another negative though. Oh, you have another one. Yeah, I got another negative okay. for the team. Special teams? Special teams yeah. uh, was horrible. Blocked kick. Blocked kick. Yeah. The, uh, Which well, is horrible. The horrible opening, block the opening kick. kickoff, you know, it's it's not a punt. You, you got you to go, go up and catch, catch it. Go get the football. Yeah, that was... So we started with our, horrible our, field our, positioning. Our returners are horrible. Should we trade for Jalen Rager? <laughs> Jalen Rager. Now I will say, in one big like seventeen-yard run, scary that was a nice run by him, which he never did with us. We did that play like a million times. He always got stuff. He was—he is the worst punt returner I've ever seen. Uh, maybe, maybe statistically, he actually is. He's the worst one I've actually ever seen with like, my eyes. He, yeah, he talked about that revenge tour, and I will say the special teams uh, coverage game. We destroyed Jalen Rager. Oh yeah. I mean, he lost yards. It was funny to watch. Um, but yeah, yeah, so the punter, um, but, uh, Sipos, 
I thought he, he had a decent game. He, he, he saved a touchdown. Yeah. He, he, he oh, yeah, he had a great yeah, yeah, he had a great tackle. I thought he had Long a good game. Heroes. Great job by Yeah, he, he did great. Yeah, I don't blame Elliott for that block field goal. Was, no. You know, let a guy in completely uncovered. Um, now, the last thing I'll say, just an analysis on the Vikings. I think their defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel, oh, my gosh. I mean, that, he, he has a scheme of past Eagles teams where you yeah. just play way off, but he did it for the entire game. And it was, I mean, if I was a Vikings fan, I don't know, I'm maddening to yeah. watch. And Kevin O'Connor, I think if you caught it, he was having a sideline interview and they were talking about Justin Jefferson on Slay, or Slay on Jefferson. And he said, I think that's a good matchup for Justin Jefferson. Uh, do better learn to keep his mouth shut because oh. that, that's just, he's young, uh, but that was a stupid thing to say, my friend. And, and he looked like a fool. We pantsed him <laughs> on national TV. Uh, and his offense. All right, so special teams, though, the return game. If I'm Howie, uh, that might be the tr- you know middle of the season trade this year, getting a returner. Hey, we lost JJ, um, not, uh, you know, legendary Eagles special teamer. Uh, Arthega Whiteside, you mean? Yes, Arthega Yeah, we lost Rager and Arthega Whiteside. But, um, well, Rager was horrible. But, um, okay. Went to our little... Uh, yeah, so we have a new segment, and shout out to our friend Joe who came up with the segment. Joey T, we love Joey you. Joey T, we love you. Called Swoop Superlatives. So here's how it's going to go. Maybe it evolves. We might add some segments as as the season goes on. But the way we're going to do it is MVP and LVP. So most valuable person. Doesn't have to be a player. And least valuable person. Now, the way we're going to do it, we didn't talk about it. Uh, and I'm going to let Jeff go first this this time. Oh, because, how nice of you. Because he's my buddy. And we're two buddies. So I'm going to be a gentleman and let him go first. But the way it's going to work is he's going to give his MVP. And if it was my pick, i got to pick somebody else. So we're not going to say the same person no matter what. Um, so, you know, who's your MVP and why? I think there's sure. two obvious choices. I really think there's three. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, so many, so many guys. Well, there's, there's four. Time. There could be yeah. four or five. I think there's really. three, but I'll go with Jalen Hurts. Give me okay. the quarterback. Yep. Um, most important position out there. Um, best game of his career. Did it all on the ground, in the air. As a leader, um, as, as a leader, leader. Yeah, keeping the can, team. You can calm. really tell the the team vibes with him, and they like. Oh, they love respect him, and he's he's a great locker room presence. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we talked about Jalen enough. He was absolutely excellent, and I hope he keeps it rolling. I think he will. So I'll I'll take the other obvious pick, um, Darius Slay. Yeah. Without him, we might lose the game. I mean, in all honesty, after the block kick. Uh, which I think happened in the third quarter. If they score a touchdown there. Oh, it wasn't over. Uh, yeah, that's a huge momentum shift. And then to ice it at the end of the game. He did drop, I think, two interceptions. He could have had four. He, yeah. he could have had four. But to shut down Justin Jefferson, um, when really nobody thought he was going to. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't hear anybody saying, oh, Darius Slay's going to shut down Jefferson. Because the receiver always has the advantage. I mean, they just do in this league. He shut him down. He iced the game. Um, he's got, he's just got confidence. So I was very happy. And again, those interceptions in, in, at crucial times in the red zone, I mean, pff, come on. So anybody else you would, as your maybe runners up, cause you said you had a couple. Yeah. Three. I mean, I know I think Hertz and Slay were the big two, but if I had, you know, the other person I think is up there is Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Who called again, person is most yeah. valuable person. Yeah, he could so be a coach. He called a, he called an extraordinary game and I hope he keeps that rolling. Cause I didn't think. Either of us thought he'd call a game like he did tonight. Um, so Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, again, we crushed him, and he deserved it. 
Yeah. And, hey, and we will praise him when he hey, deserves it. Hey, bullying works. I mean, look at the yeah. Eagles last year when Nick Sirianni didn't run the ball for the first half of the season. And Eagles fans got on him about not doing it. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah mean, we bullied him into it. It's pretty obvious that running the ball was the key to success last year. Anybody else for your honorable mention? Or I'll give one. Yeah, you can give um, one. Steichen as the play caller. I mean, we could say Sirianni Steichen. I kind of, they're one person to me. Um, so they could certainly get it. And I got one more person as an honorable mention or runner up that we both mentioned, TJ Edwards. Oh, kind of sure. the unsung hero, I think, kind of deserves a shout out for the way he played. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody else in mind? No. Okay. Uh, so many, but. Now, my favorite part, least valuable person. Um, I mean, normally this would be a lot easier. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is going to be hard today. It's tough because we played well. So I, well, I have well, one that I don't think you're going to say. Okay. So um, you, do you want me to go first or you want to go first? I'll go, I can only think of one person. I don't want to badmouth him. Like, I think he's a great player. I just think he hasn't been used um, properly yet. And it's, I guess there's Son Reddick. Reddick, I mean, okay. Uh, he didn't have a great game. He gave up the touchdown, but he also isn't um, – he shouldn't be – um, playing coverage, so that's a good pick, though. I'll go Hassan Reddick. He just even when he was rushing the passer, he, and I think he's the kind of guy when he gets the right matchup, he's gonna have like great games. But what worries me about him is he's so small for an edge rusher that I think he can get shut out of games easily as well. Like I think he's a boomer bust kind of guy, um, but he gives effort. He's a he's a Philly guy. Grew up in Camden, Temple guy. We can't bash him too much, Jeff. No, come on, come on. I'm come not on. bashing anyone here. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I got a least valuable person, um, and I got a couple runner runner ups. Oh, you have a list. <laughs> I got a list, man. Um, my least valuable person. I'll go Michael Clay, who, if you don't know him, is our special teams coach. I think our special teams was bad last week. It was bad this week. It was bad last year. Um, at this point, he's had enough time where I get it. We don't have great returners, but they just don't seem to know what they're doing. And I mean, Watkins is fast. Covey was good returner in college. I don't know if it's him, but the block field goal to me, I'm putting it on him. Um, my, my runners up, I think the guy who messed up on special teams on that block kick was Noah Tungiai, the backup tight end who had a drop third down conversion last week. So he's my my other one. Are you going I, back to last week? To no, no, no. Well, he, no, well yeah, I am. Because you had two, you're a, a practice squad guy who got called up who made two huge mistakes. Uh, I, I'll call him out. And my last guy as my least valuable person, which we could probably do a lot of weeks, I'm going to say is that ref. That ref was weird. He did not know how to speak. He had awkward pauses. And I thought he was way too flag happy. I mean, I get it. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. That, that's what I think. And that, we, come on, that ref was like odd. Like he'd go to make an announcement. He'd pause for like 20 seconds and have a blank stare at the screen. Least valuable person. And I, ha- I have a prediction in the future, I'm going to pick for least valuable, valuable person, maybe some announcers. But, oh, but, I like uh, that. Maybe, so, like, again, we're going to get creative with this. It does not have to be a player. Mm-hmm. Maybe the ball boy maybe one day. Maybe a mascot. Who knows? Yeah, it won't be Swoop. <laughs> Swoop is our MVP <laughs> for the, 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 our lifetime. Um, anyway, all right. All right. Uh, great, great segment. All right, let's go around the NFL real quick. And we'll st- you want to start with the NFC East? Of course. Um, so, Cowboys. Let's start with them. <sighs> Cooper Rush getting it done against the... Um, former AFC champions. What Bengals the hell was ter- that? Bengals looked terrible. Yeah, they had no offensive looked, line. I mean, Super uh, Bowl like, hangover, like maybe? Par- 
that happens, you know, to the team that loses. Usually, you know, they don't have a very good next year, but Parsons looked great. Well, he's great. He's a superstar. Yeah, he is. We don't have that kind of guy on defense. No, he's like a he, top, you know, three, four um, defensive he, player in the NFL already. Um, so, yeah, Cowboys got it done surprisingly also. Ruined my bet. You know, we don't... We, don't we, won't, we that, won't bring but, up bets. But we, well, maybe at the end. But, um, yeah, so the Cowboys come up with the win. Bengals are terrible. Uh, I was really... They almost blew it, the Cowboys. But, um, yeah, not not a great showing for the Bengals there. I was pretty depressed when they kicked that game-winning field goal. I want I want the Cowboys just to lose. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, more than any other team I, in sports. Yeah, more than any other team in sports. That was certainly not... That was not fun, but um, I'm going to chalk that one up to the Bengals just kind of look lost. By the way, the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor, is Press Taylor's brother. I don't think either of those guys are good coaches, man. The Bengals got hot at the right time last year. Zach Taylor, I don't think, is a good coach, but I digress. Um, what's up next? Uh, Washington getting beat down. Well, hold on. Let's go Giants because I want to talk about Washington. You want to talk to Giants? Yeah, because I want to we'll talk right, a lot we're, about the yeah, We'll find them next yeah. week, and it was a fun game. Uh, uh, to talk about for the Commanders. So the Giants, 2-0, and beating uh, Matt Rule. We're, we're just Panthers. really pounded Temple people today. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, Matt Rule might not belong in the NFL. Hey, Todd Bowles came up big. He, he won the game. But, Our uh, boy Todd Bowles. But, oh, my gosh, Matt Rule is horrendous. Joe, let me ask you a question. Are the Giants the real deal? Are, are no. they a threat to win the NFC East? Well, you saw, spoil you saw this week. The Titans are pretenders. Uh, I don't think they're very good. They lost A.J. Brown. They lost their identity. Derrick Henry's cooked, uh, and, which happens to running backs. I mean, Ryan he might— Ryan Tannehill's not a very good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's horrible. Okay, we we can see—we can Well, again, if think back to last year's playoffs. He threw three of the worst interceptions against the Bengals. The Bengals can thank Ryan Tannehill for going to the Super Bowl last year because he was horrible. Um, yeah, so I think Tennessee. And, and Derrick Henry might end up rebounding. I mean, he's a great talent, but we know running backs can fall off a cliff. Um, and the Panthers are horrible. Now, the Giants are better coached this year, but if you look at the talent, they don't They don't have the talent. No. The Panthers are terrible. Oh I don't God. know if the Panthers are terrible. The co- I, I don't think they're very... I think well, Baker Mayfield, I think, stinks. Yeah. The I, coach and quarterback are terrible. So, yeah. And McCaffrey looks like, uh, you know, maybe he's... He's had so many injuries in his career. Yeah, so... Are they... Who do they have that's great? No, no, I don't think the Panthers are a good team by any means, but... Um, yeah, Giants two and zero, surprising start, but I don't it think, stinks. But I don't, I don't think, think either of us are, are are worried about them. Especially, you know, Daniel Jones. I don't think he, I don't think he's the guy. No, so I mean, we'll say. I mean, crazier things have happened, but it's not like they've dominated the first two games. They e- squeaked out two wins against teams that I don't think are going to be particularly good this year. Specifically, the Panthers, I think, are going to stick. Titans could certainly rebound. Um, Do you want to skip over Washington and just uh, talk about the rest yeah, of the NFC? Yeah, quick recap. Um, I want to talk about Doug Peterson and the Jags going up against Frank Reich and the Colts. And I had a nice tweet this week. Dougie P, man, that Super Bowl team. Frank Reich, great offensive coordinator. He was a huge part of the Super Bowl team. I don't want to put him down. I still think he's a good coach. But that was Doug's team. He was the head coach. Of course. Like, I'm tired of people saying it was all Reich. It was not He didn't even Reich. call the plays Frank Reich. Um, Doug Peterson schooled him, and uh, it was weird. I don't know if you saw the picture of Doug and Nick Foles together. That was a weird picture, man. Yeah. Foles in Colts uniform and uh, Dougie wearing Jags. Yeah, so weird. Who would have thought? But, yeah, the Jags looked really good. I think um, 
I mean, Trevor Lawrence, is there a better head coach to have as, as a development no. quarterback? Than no, Doug that's Peterson? a match. And especially after um, Urban Meyer, I think we talked that's about That's a buckle. What a destroy, joke. Destroy the organization. Not just was bad coach. Like, really killed that organization. Doug's the perfect guy to replace Yeah, I there. think Doug's um, a great head coach. Hey, listen. Andy Reid... He got. I think he deserved to be fired. I think he needed to leave Philadelphia. I mean, Doug. I mean, and Doug was here for for forever. And Doug, his last year in Philly looked like he was stressed out of his mind. I think he needed to take a year off. Um, So that's a fun team in Jacksonville. As much as I love Philly, listen, it's not it's not an easy place to play or coach, especially when things are tough. Jacksonville. I mean, if he wins, if he wins two more games, they'll put him in the Jacksonville (laughs) Hall of Fame. Um, Biggest city in Florida, Joe. Yeah, not many people. Realize that because it's such a. I don't want to shit on Jacksonville, but there are there Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's in Jacksonville. I've never been there. I'm probably never going to go. But um, yeah, good for Dougie P. But the Colts, man. Um, I kind of said this at the time. Matt Ryan to me last year when we I know we played him the first game, but he looked kind of cooked, and he hasn't been yes. great in a couple. I don't know why they thought. He was going to be so good for them. I'm like, he's old, and he hasn't been great the last couple of years. I mean, also in the AFC, even if he played really well, he's like, I don't know, the eighth best quarterback, even if he played well. Yeah. Uh, he's he's cooked. I think they got to go to Nick Foles. Foles can bring him back. and uh, Foles and Reich, let's make it Foles happen. and Reich, for I my entertainment, I don't care about the Colts. I want to see Nick Foles. Listen, if, <laughs> if the Colts lose a you know, this week. I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but I would love to see that. I like. I think he could play pretty well with Reich. And listen, they got Michael Pittman. They got a good offensive line. They got the best running back in the game. I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather see Nick Foles and Matt Ryan play with the Colts as an Eagles fan, right? Mm-hmm. See what he can do. I just want to say one thing with Frank Reich. Um, he may be getting fired this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. But oh definitely. Yeah. It's kind of weird because he's had. What five or six different quarterbacks since he's yeah. over the team? Yeah, he's never had the same quarterback. No, it's every it's year it's completely been completely bizarre. So I just don't know how you let me really ask judge you. a guy. Frank Reich gets fired. He comes back to the Eagles. Him and Sirianni are like father and son. <laughs> and like, cause let's say Steichen gets hired. Oh, so because he could, we could bring Reich in to be. I mean, that we're going off on a tangent, but it's just interesting to think about. Um, All right, rest of the NFC. Yeah, rest uh, of the Packers yeah. bounce back against the Bears. Oh well, hold on. Let's pause players. for a second because we talked about Titans Colts. We, we thought those were going to be two tough games on our schedule. They're looking like they could be easier games. Yeah, it's far in the future, but they're off to terror. They're both well. I mean, the Colts tied, I think but they're the both winless. I think the Colts could bounce back. They I both could bounce no, back. No, I think the Titans stink. Okay, I think okay. That team is dead. Okay. Um, but but they were looking like two of the harder games on our schedule right now, and the Colts could certainly bounce back right now. It's looking pretty good for the Eagles. All right, um, any other games to point out? No, Tampa's two and zero. Their offense isn't. But they, they didn't really look impressive. good. No, their defense looks really good. Their defense is definitely. I think Tom good. Brady. I think Father Time may have finally. Well, I think I don't, Giselle, know, I don't I'm, think it's Father Time. I'm too scared to say that after two weeks. It's Giselle. Giselle good. got to him. Matt Stafford. How about him? He's got I think five interceptions in the first. Two um, games okay. for the Rams. They didn't I mean, look great. I mean, they, they beat up. They them. beat Seattle, who stinks. But yeah, they beat uh, Atlanta. Oh, well, Atlanta, who they stink yeah, too. But Marcus well, Atlanta almost came back and won that game. They only, uh, I think, the Rams only won by like a field goal or less. I think less than a touchdown, maybe two field goals. Stafford's got five interceptions. And I'm just saying, the top of the NFC, not looking, it's not, not looking scary. like any slam dunks. And then I guess the uh, the final team that's worth mentioning is the 49ers who lost Trey Lance for the season with a 
think a broken ankle. Might be might might be a benefit for them because Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that he's a great quarterback, but you know what you got if you with him. You want to talk about who like gives you a better chance of winning the Super Bowl right now? Probably probably is Jimmy G. I hate to say it. Yeah, Trey know. Lance didn't look. He's so raw. Um, yeah, it might be a good thing for them. He ended up winning them the game, but. Um, San Francisco, yeah. I mean, all all the teams. I mean, we beat the crap out of the Vikings. They, yeah, well, everybody thought, thought they were going to be the yeah, top team. Yeah, I, I still think they're going to be a really good team. But, you know, just to have that win just means so much more. But, yeah, NFC is looking really weak. It's reminding me of the Eastern Conference of the NBA for, like, the last, yeah. you know. I mean, more recently it's been much better. But, like, all of, like, the 2000s and the 2010s is just garbage. And the Eagles we got. You don't really get that in football, but. Eagles we got quarterback on a rookie contract. We brought in a lot of talent. And we got an easy schedule, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of good, and and we have coach for a second year, rather than a rookie coach. So there's a lot going our way. All right, let's talk about the Commanders, and we'll talk about what they did this weekend. We'll tie it into what we think is going to happen this week. Um, but I mean, we got to start with Carson Wentz. And I'll say this: you could copy and paste the tweets from Carson Wentz fans from five years ago to uh, yesterday. Everybody, well, yeah, great stats. It wasn't his fault. It was the offensive lines. Excuses it was on excuses. excuses on excuses on excuses. Carson Wentz puts up fantastic stats, but guess what? He is a loser as a quarterback. As a quarterback, not trying to be disrespectful here. Loser as a quarterback. Um, I I actually thought the Commanders had a decent team, and again, I think the Lions have a decent team, but. Carson Wentz, by the way, I don't care what his stats were. He lost them that game. He did. He was he was bad. Um, well, let's just say this. I mean, the Lions. You know, they they beat down. Makes us feel better. They beat down yeah. Washington. I mean, that week one wins looking more impressive now. I think the Lions are. And they scored again. Like they they're the second highest scoring offense in the league. Yeah. After two weeks, they're pretty frisky. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm high on the Lions. So I think that week one win. I'm medium on the line. I mean, they're they're a decent team. They're a yeah. decent team. Yeah, so uh, we got Washington this week. But, I, I wish this game was in Philly. God. But yeah, yeah. But I Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz last week. So again, the stats all look great, but there is a crucial moment. Lines go up quick, and they're going in for another score at the goal line. The Washington defense stops them. They they turn it over on downs. They get the ball back. Huge momentum change could change the game. Guess what happens next? Carson Wentz takes a safety and lets up two points and gives the ball back. And then the lines go right back down and score. Okay, that's a huge moment in the game where your quarterback, I don't care about the rest of the team. I don't care if the offensive line is bad. You cannot take a safety. By the way, I watched that safety. It was Carson Wentz's fault. He had no idea anybody was around him. And I've on, never seen yeah. a quarterback with... Well, he took a, a few more sacks that game. Awareness. I mean, I guess maybe just from watching him so much... I mean, sure, like, that's the Super Bowl year. He was going to be the MVP. He was great. But that team was loaded. I really think you could have put just about any quarterback. Uh, we got, we went with a backup quarterback. Yeah, and they would have succeeded. Um, so Carson Wentz, you know, since that season, he's been terrible. He's been, he he yeah. is a bottom five quarterback. He's put up decent stats. He put up good stats the year after the Super Bowl. But if you recall, the year after the Super Bowl, we were 4-6 and six with Wentz. And I remember thinking to myself, this team's horrible. He got hurt. Foles comes in. All of a sudden, 
The offense is amazing. We win like the rest of our games, and we should, you know, whatever. We weren't going to make the playoffs. No, yeah. we wouldn't have. Yeah, we weren't going to make the playoffs if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt. Nick Foles single-handedly saved the season, and but his, we were one yeah. drop away from returning to the NFC Championship. But, but Wentz's stats that year were great, and that's what people will point to. His passer rating was 105, and he only had three interceptions. But... And by the way, this year he's actually. Do they take fumbles into consideration when? Yeah, it, right. When the passer rating, because I've never seen a quarterback fumble the way he does. And not not only that, the sacks. Stop blaming every sack on the offensive line, please. And I've said this all the way back to Michael Vick. I thought Michael Vick took sacks that were his fault, just waiting too long in the pocket. And that let's not blame every sack on the offensive line. Once we saw it with the Eagles, he takes sacks that are his fault, and he'll lose like ten yards. You know, that's the great thing about Hurts. When he does get sacked, he's not losing a lot of yards. Um, Wentz is, I think, second in the league in touchdowns right now. Um, so, he listen, he, he's got talent. He'll put up good stats, but he'll make the big mistakes that lose that lose games. Oh, yeah. And he's, you know, kind of the leadership thing, too, that we talked about with Hurts. I don't think he really has it. No. Uh, you know, with Carson Wentz, you're going to get those four or five just horrible, horrible game-changing type plays that he's going to give you. Momentum shift. Whether it's taking a 12-yard sack or it's losing the football or it's just making just an inexplicable throw into triple coverage. He's going to do that. Just the opposite of Jalen Hurts. So his he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions somehow, but his interceptions are like the worst interceptions ever. They're horrible. Um, but anyway, like looking at the commanders, I think this is a big game. we got to come back. Division we, game. They're always tough. They're tough. But we got to show, hey, Monday night wasn't a fluke. We're the real deal. It might be a tough game, but I think we got to win. We got to we got to win our division games this year. Uh, I think that the Commanders are pretty mediocre. They're not bad. They're not a bad team. They could win the game. Sure. But um, Chase Young's out. I think their defense really is not very talented outside of the defensive line. They have a really good defensive line, but their linebackers are maybe the worst in the league. Their cornerbacks, I think, are pretty darn bad. They got a good safety. Um, again, they're Chase Young. They're probably their most talented players out. He's been out. Yeah, I mean, they have a good pass rush, and you know they have some weapons with Scary Terry. Um, Jahan Dodson's looked really good too. Yeah. Penn State receiver. I mean, if we just you know shut down Justin Jefferson, the Minnesota Vikings. It's up to Gannon. Yeah, it's up to Gannon. No, I, mean, I know this is gonna be a tough game, Joe, but is it a trap game? I don't believe in trap. Like again, this is Sirianni and Hurts. I think this is where I think that their leadership, their intangibles that everybody makes fun of, the culture, uh, and what I saw this week, they weren't patting themselves on the back after the Lions win, uh, except for Sirianni directly after the game when he was, you know, cheering with the fans. But afterwards, Sirianni said this wasn't good enough. I, I think they're a focused team. I think they know and. Hurts, it's, he's very cliche, but he says it all the time. Like, this, we didn't meet our standard. I think he's going to say that no matter what. But that's, I think he's going to keep the team focused. But again, they're a good team. I'm not saying this is a layup win. But uh, it would be a big win to start 3-0, and divisional game, and to show the world, okay, we are the team to beat, mm. period. Uh, we are the team to beat. I like it. Yeah, it I'm, is on the road, which is a little bit tougher, but yeah, it's on the road. Um, Hertz has to get revenge on that stadium for almost killing oh, him yeah. last year. So I think there's a pending lawsuit right now. But um, anyway, I like the Eagles to win. Um, we were wrong last week about the game. Who we thought was going to win? I think we're going to be right this week, Joe. Yeah, I mean, listen again. We weren't like saying the Eagles are going to get blown out. We both actually said 
we wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles win last week. So we weren't totally off. Um, but we needed to see some things before we could say, hey, the Eagles are they're going to beat good teams. And we saw it. Um, again, the NFL, though, I mean, we are, I hear people anointing Hurts MVP, Sirianni, a star. Football, to me, and I'll say it with the Eagles, I'll say it with every team, it's about consistency. And it's game to game and year, season to season. And I'm not going to anoint anybody. If they could come out and come out flat next week, and that you know could happen, he, they got to prove it to me. Um, but I think they're going to win too. They play the Commanders. I don't want to get too far ahead, but Commanders, Jags, favorable Cap- schedule. Uh, Cardinals, who uh, I certain- think they're bad. I, I know they yeah. came back and beat the Raiders, but I think that's that is. Not well, Josh game. McDaniel is you know yeah. he's a, he's a joke. Every Patriots. Every Belichick disciple stinks as a head. It's horrible. They're the worst. Uh, and yet it's not keep, like the Andy Reid coach. Yet they, yet they keep hiring them. Not, has one Bill Belichick disciple been any good? The best one's been Bill O'Brien, who started off really good and was a disaster at the end. But I don't want to get into that. All right. Um, anyway, because they all, they're all jerks. They all want to try to be Belichick. They're all jerks. They all have huge egos. <laughs> and they stink. They stink. Uh, but anyway... We got the Jags, we got the Cardinals, we got Cowboys without Dak. I, again, Probably. I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Well, Dak was terrible. I don't, maybe we let him play, but uh, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But this, the schedule is very favorable. If they win on Sunday on the road, divisional game, they're setting themselves up for a huge run. For sure, three and zero is huge. I, I mean, I can't remember the last team an Eagles team started three and zero. I know the Super Bowl team didn't. Um, no, no, we usually start one and one. Almost every year we start one and one. We usually win the first game and lose the second game. Yeah, so it'd be beautiful to start three and I mean, I think we went four and out. No, no, we were three and one the one year with Chip. We, yeah. Yeah. We just completely collapsed. Uh oh yeah. Yeah, we were. We were three and I think. Mm-hmm. Um and they um Rube, Ruben Frank put out a tweet. He said, every time we go 1-1, one and one, we have like a great record. Every time we go 2-0, and L, we're horrible. But we should have lost Monday Night Show. No, no, no. I, I, again, I, every season's different. It's, it's interesting to look at, but what Chip Kelly and Doug Pierce and Andy Reid did has, and Carson Wentz and McNabb and Vic did has nothing to do with this team. Um, and this team is really talented. I mean, we're, there's a lot, and good leadership as well. Um, but I don't have much more to say about this pod and you know just some ending notes but no if i'm gonna give a score i think the eagles win kind of comfortably i'll go 27 to 17 i'm not getting i'm done i'm done giving out scores but i say win do you have any gambling things or betting things or yeah, your so yeah we won week one we won big week one we we lost big week two. <laughs> okay so this is the bounce back week it's a roller coaster ride it man. is just go Bengals. They're not going to start 0-3, can they? Against Who are the they Jets? playing? The Jets. Oh, Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe cool. Joe Hall of Fame Flacco, Eagles legend Eagles from legend. South Jersey. <laughs> uh, Garrett Wilson looking good. Listen, I think it's the week the Bengals get it together because I do think they're a good team even though they have a crummy offensive line. You might yeah, you bet against them. Joe Burrow, right? I don't know. I don't know if you want to bet against Joe Burrow. No. Two Joe Cool is going at it. But their offensive line is so bad. It is so bad. But the Jets, uh, they can't win. No. They beat they, the Browns. The Browns are going to be cursed for the next 20 years. Yes. Yeah, right after they, they broke their curse. Like, they're, what a dumb franchise, but whatever. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think the Jets are the worst team in the league. Sorry um, to interrupt you. No, 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 no. Please interrupt. I'm <laughs> spewing nonsense with my face right now. <laughs> so we're going Bengals, and then I'm riding with the Vikings. I'm sticking with them. Who are they playing? They're playing the Lions at home. Ooh! That's a fun game. But I think they're at home. They're at home. They're at home. Um, I think they were just embarrassed in the national spotlight. Kirk Cousins probably played it's, better. It's a day game? Yeah, I think it's a Oh, okay, Kirk Cousins will yeah. be great then. As so, long as it's not national TV. It's not yeah. national TV. So Vikings, Bengals, Moneyline Parlay, plus money. Put, put the house on it. Put the mortgage on it. Okay. Whoa. Whoa, put the mortgage on it. Okay, don't listen to that advice. Uh, please make sure your financial situations are secure before you listen to Jeff. No, it's a finance man. If, Temple, I know if, what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, you, we won't get into Temple's uh, maybe fraudulent rankings. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. Is this just a shit on Temple that podcast? Was, what the hell? We I love, love Temple. Te- well, they always beat Rutgers this week. Listen, Homecoming, if, baby. Te- again, Temple, it's, if you go to Temple, you can you can attack it. Kurt Warner sons the truth. Out of love. Uh, well, yeah, that is quite... EJ, baby. I did want to bring that up last week. That is pretty cool. Kurt, I mean, cool. Kurt yeah. Warner's son is like five foot five, and I don't know if he's going to be any good, but he's played well the first couple games. He's Kurt Warner's son. Gives Temple something to look at. Um, all right, so I'm just going to end with this. Again, repeating myself here from the beginning, but thank you guys for listening. I mean, we're, we're really excited that people are listening to us. But please interact with us. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your feedback. If you think we're idiots and our our opinions are nonsense, please message us. Tweet at us if you think we're doing great. Uh, message us. I, I know uh, Johnny Momani thinks we're we're fools. That's great. Keep tweeting. We'll see if that if you're right as the season goes on. But um, thanks for listening. We got some good stuff coming up in the future. Again, the feedback we've gotten already, we've kind of incorporated in. We're getting our music ready. Um, Good things coming. It's coming together. And spread the word, guys. Spread the word. So, again, this is Sons of Swoop, episode number three. Huge win. Thank you guys for listening. Go, birds, fly, eagles, fly. Fly, swoop, fly.